You are listening to LEC Online Church, a ministry of Lake Erie Church in Madison, Ohio. We are a multicultural, multi-generational Pentecostal church. For more information, please visit our website at lakeeriechurch.com. Now, we hope you enjoy today's message. It is so good to see all of you in the house of the Lord this morning. My name is Pastor Dustin, and I serve as the youth and family pastor here at the church. And uh, this is part of the program. We're going to have the kids, are, as you can see, they're dressed. They're going to be coming up to do a dance here to close out the service this morning. Uh, but we wanted to make sure we got an opportunity to present the gospel message to all of you here today. Uh, it's so good to see everybody here. If you're here for the very first time, if you're a guest of somebody, we ask that hopefully you had a chance to visit with someone from our First Impressions team. Uh, we're going to get some information from you, not so we can stalk you during this Christmas season, but just so we can keep in touch with you uh, and uh, maybe hope to have you back sometime soon. Everybody doing good? Yeah. Somebody told me it's going to be 50 degrees this week. We ought to all be doing good, amen? It's amazing here in Northeast Ohio, you can go from six inches of snow to 50 degrees in a span of two days. So uh, before we get started here this morning with the lesson that I have or the message that I have for you this morning, I actually want to bring up my family. I'm going to bring up Katie, Lacey, and Nora here. They're going to come up here on stage. Katie loves being on stage, and I think her daughters have inherited that, uh, that gene. So this is Nora. This is Lacey, and that's Katie. Nora is six. Lacey is nine. And I just wanted, I'm not going to tell you Katie's age because she'll kill me after service. Uh, but I just wanted you guys to get a chance to see my family. Because some of you may not, you see me on Sunday, you probably see Katie on Sunday, but you don't get an opportunity to see our whole family. But these are the ones who keep me going. Yes, you need to pray, saints. I'm in a house full of girls. And I have a dog who doesn't like me. So it's all me on my own. So. Uh, but I wanted to bring them up here today. They obviously are participating in the children's program. They're going to be dancing here. We're so proud of them. Uh, they were reluctant to, to do the things for the children's program, as most kids typically are. Um, but they're doing so well, and I'm looking forward to the dance that they have. Give it up for all the kids. And all once again, all those who uh, put the, the Christmas play together and all that, and Pastor Naomi and Steve. So you guys can go ahead and be seated. I was going to have them stay up here the whole time. But... I don't think they would like that too much, but, but the reason, one, another reason, not just to show them and introduce you to my family, but another reason why I wanted to have them come up is because they were actually, my kids, Lacey and Nora, were actually the ones that inspired uh, the message that I'm going to have for you, and don't, don't it's okay, I'm only going to keep you for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, uh, and I got the microphone early, so we're good, it's still only 11 o'clock, but, uh, and plus we have snacks for you after service, so. You can grab a book and a snack, and you'll be good to go. So, uh, no, but um, Lacey and Nora inspired the message for today, and Pastor and I were talking a few weeks ago uh, about this service and, and how uh, much of an opportunity it's going to be, and he basically suggested maybe I design this service as Christmas lessons that I'm trying to teach my children, Christmas lessons that I'm trying to teach my daughters at this time, and that got me to thinking about, you know, what are we truly communicating to our kids during this Christmas season? It's important for us as adults, as parents, and maybe if you have kids in your life, it's important for us to be able to make sure that they understand the true Christmas message, because if we don't tell them the true Christmas message, somebody's going to tell them a Christmas message. 
I'm going to say that one more time. If we don't take seriously the call to explain to them that Jesus came as a baby, didn't stay as a baby, raised and was, was raised up as an adult, died a sinner's death and was, was raised from the dead. If we don't explain to them that it started in Christmas, somebody's going to explain to them a Christmas message. And it's important for us to do that. And uh, th- this whole idea of the Christmas message got me thinking. Uh, and, and ever since we've had kids, Christmas has been different for Katie and I. Katie and I were married for three years until we had kids. We enjoyed marriage and the marital bliss for three years uh, before we had kids. And uh, those Christmases were awesome because we had a lot of money to spend on each other for different gifts. And some of those gifts were awesome. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we, we, those, those gifts were awesome because those Christmases were awesome because we were still able to see. Uh, we had a lot of ki- uh, friends who had kids, family members who had kids. So we were able to see what Christmas looked like through the eyes of a kid. But I'll tell you what, when we had kids, Christmas changed for us. Christmas changed for us. And, and, and th- I'm going to show you some pictures up here. This is a picture. The first picture we have is Lacey's first Christmas. That's Lacey's first Christmas. That's actually a few months after Lacey was born. And so that's Lacey's first Christmas. And then we have Nora's first Christmas, which some of you probably remember because Nora was born while we, yeah, you get, aw, that weird guy without a beard. That's me, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> and I had hair. Someone said that. Hey, like I said, having kids changes your life. Right, John? You know what I'm talking about, Masaccio. Changed your life. And then here's the most recent picture that was actually taken a few, uh, few days ago, Christmas of 2023. We obviously don't have a picture for this year yet. But Christmas, when you have kids, it changes. And even if you don't have kids, it changes for you. And uh, instead of seeing Christmas through the eyes of other kids and, and people's kids, we were able to see Christmas through the eyes of our own kids. And it's caused us to, be, to look at Christmas from a different perspective. We wanted to make sure that we taught Lacey and Nora, and we're in the process of teaching Lacey and Nora, the true purpose behind Christmas. We wanted them to know some Christmas lessons. And no, it's not the type of thing where you sit down for two hours a day and you're sitting there teaching them. No, it's something that happens progressively over time. We're teaching them Christmas lessons. And today I wanted to briefly discuss four Christmas lessons that we're teaching Lacey and Nora that I think are applicable to all of us. Not just to kids, it's applicable to all of us because we all have that, that, that uh, we have to make sure that we're communicating the Christmas message to those around us. So the first lesson that we teach Lacey and Nora and we're in the process of continually teaching Lacey and Nora is that Jesus is the reason for the season. Come on, somebody. Jesus is the reason for the season. We heard the Christmas story briefly highlighted here, but if you look in Matthew, Mark, Luke, they, they highlight different parts, and Luke chapter 2 explains the Christmas message and Jesus being born. But one of my favorite passages about Jesus comes actually from John chapter 1, verse 14. The beginning parts of John are some of my favorite words in all of the Bible, talking about how Jesus came. And in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says this, the word being Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Jesus is the reason for the season. I'm going to say that one more time. 
Jesus is the reason for the season. I feel that we live in a culture where this is something that we have to be reminded of. It's about Jesus. It's not about having time off work. It's not about getting Christmas presents. It's not about singing Christmas songs. It's all about Jesus. And unfortunately, we live in a society and a time where they're trying to take the Christ out of the Christmas message. And it's important for us, church, it's important for us as adults to make sure that we keep Christ in the Christmas message. Jesus is the reason why we celebrate. Jesus was the one who came and invaded the darkness. Listen, God didn't have to send Jesus. God didn't have to send his son to come, but God willingly gave his son as the gift, the ultimate gift for all humankind. And we need to make sure that we don't forget that. Kids, don't forget, Jesus is the reason for the season. Yeah, Christmas trees are cool. It's cool to get gifts. I like getting gifts. Ask my wife. I love that idea of getting gifts. It's important for us to not forget that Jesus is the reason for the season. And one of the ways that we communicate this to Lacey and Nora, and it's probably one of the things that they absolutely cannot stand, is on Christmas morning, they get all excited, get ready to open up gifts, and we tell them, we cannot open a single gift until we read the Christmas story in the Bible. Thank you. We, we can't open a single gift until we focus on, yeah, it's cool to open the gifts, but Jesus is the reason for the season. And I feel like that message is getting communicated to them because we just learned recently that Nora was having a conversation with some of her teacher or the teacher and some of her friends at school. And the teacher was asking about presents and stuff. And and Nora told her teacher that it's not about presents. It's about Jesus. A six-year-old. You know what I did? I did that Holy Ghost shuffle in my, I, I don't dance, sing or anything, but the Spirit of the Lord came on me because it showed me. That she's getting the message. It showed me that she's realizing that Jesus is the reason for the season. You may not realize it, church, but these kids are looking up to you. These kids, when they come in on Sunday morning and they're worshiping, they're looking to see, hey, there's my mom and dad, but they're also looking to see other people who are worshiping. We are examples to them. And we need to make sure they realize that they understand that at Christmas It's all about Jesus. Jesus first. I know there was a huge debate a while ago about, uh, you know, not saying Merry Christmas to people in stores and all that kind of stuff. You can get caught up in all that political hubbub if you want. I sure make sure, I still make sure I say Merry Christmas every opportunity I get because we're proclaiming that Christ is in Christmas. Lesson number two. So we realize that Jesus is the reason for the season. Lesson number two, we try to teach our girls to be grateful for what they have. We try to teach our girls to be grateful for what they have. A couple passages of scriptures that we use as, to kind of help us communicate this message is in James chapter 1, verse 17. It says this, every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of life, lights, with whom there's no variation or no shadow due to change. Philippians chapter 4, and I, I'm only going to read verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about every, anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, and what? Thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Ever since we were little, we were encouraged to want more 
on Christmas. People come up and ask our, ask our kids, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Santa, if you, if you have your kids go to Santa or whatever, the first question Santa asks was, hey, are you good? Were you a good little boy or little girl? And then the next question is, hey, what, did you, what do you want for Christmas? And we're encouraging them to write their wish list to Santa. This may cause us, unfortunately, to look forward to what we don't have and not be grateful for what we do have. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with writing wish lists, and, and, and um, please don't take it that way. But what I am saying is we need to be careful not to be constantly looking forward and wanting more and not being grateful for what it is that we do have. Because let me just tell you, church, if you're breathing breath in your lungs, I do this all the time in youth group. Everybody take a deep breath in. Make sure you're not pointing in anybody's direction, but take that deep breath out. If there's somebody's breath who's stinky, we have some mints in the back. Take a deep breath in one more time. Take a deep breath out. That means that you're living. That means that God is not done with you yet. That means that you still have purpose. That means that you still have God's plan has not been yet fulfilled in your life. And it's important for us to understand that we need to be grateful for what it is that we do have. Is this on? We need to be grateful for what we have. We live in a society and in a culture, and I don't mean to keep talking about it, but it's so true. We live in a society and a culture that's constantly grasping for more while not paying attention to what it is that we have. Katie and I are trying to ensure that the girls are keeping this in their minds as often as we possibly can. And unfortunately, it's difficult for kids to completely understand being grateful for what they have. And I get that. But we're trying to constantly keep it in their minds that we need, they need to be grateful. They have toys in their room. And listen, we just got back from Ecuador this past summer. There are kids that would love to have just one of the toys that my girls have. There are kids scattered all around this world that would love to have the love of a parent. There are kids scattered all around this world, and maybe even in this city, who would love to have the blessings that we have. It's important for us to be grateful, to be, to be thanking God for what it is that we truly have, and to not constantly be grasping at straws. Every night in our prayers, we pray, and we say, we, we say our prayers, we pray for those who are in need, and every night we, we, we close our prayers, with every one of us, myself, Katie, and both of our girls, say one thing that they are thankful for from this, their, that, that past day. And some of the answers may be silly, but I'll tell you what, they're learning to be thankful. They're learning to be thankful. It's important for us to be, grace, grace, uh, to be thankful as well. We have to be grateful for what we have. Because I'll tell you what, in any moment it could be gone. In any moment it can be gone. And I think about that. I think about that in my own life. I think, man, what would I do if it weren't for the, <laughs> listen, I, I don't know where I would be, but I don't want to think about it. So you need to be appreciative and be grateful for what it is that you have. It's important for us to be grateful for what you have. Once again, not saying that, hey, don't go get your kids Christmas presents or all that. You need to be grateful for what it is that you have. During Christmas, we need to, be we need to practice being grateful for what we have. Lesson number three. Lesson number three, we're teaching our girls that it's better to give than to receive. It's better to give than to receive. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 8 says this. Remember this, 
A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must decide in your heart how much to give. You don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a, God loves a person who what gives cheerfully. God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Here's the problem. We want plenty left over so we can keep it for ourselves. We want more, 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 more so that we can keep it for ourselves. And this is a lesson that I learned from a, from a young kid because I'll tell you what, there were times in our lives, and my brother's, my brother's here, he can attest to this, there were times when my mom did not have enough to be able to provide for us during Christmas time. And we're forever thankful for those families. And Katie and I were just talking about it uh, just a little bit ago this past week about how we're thankful for those who were able to give so that we could receive. And even back then, they were teaching us a lesson that it's better to give than it is to receive. It sometimes doesn't make sense because it seems like you'd be happier getting something than giving something, right? How many of you like to get presents? How many of you like to get presents? You can raise your hand if you like to get a gift. If I was to give you a gift right now, who would accept the gift right now? Everybody in there, yes, you should be raising your hand. If you opened that gift and there were $1,000 in it, would you be happy? All right, well, here, there's a gift right here behind this podium. I'm just kidding. But we, it's kind of opposite. You think, well, uh, if you're getting gifts, you'd be happy. But I'll tell you what, there's no greater gift than actually giving to other people. There's no greater joy than giving to other people. Maya Angelou uh, was quoted as saying this. She said, I have found that among its other benefits, giving liberates the soul of the giver. Giving liberates the soul of the giver. I love this time of year because this is something I think when looking around in the world we live in outside of the church, I think this is something that the world actually gets during this time. What can we do to give? What can we do to help others in needs? And it's important for us as a church. It's important for us as parents. It's important for us who have kids in our lives to make sure that they're understanding that it's more important to give than it is to receive. You'll be blessed more when you give than when you receive. You'll gain no greater joy or satisfaction than when you give. Katie and I are trying to teach this importance to the girls as often as we can. During this time, they help us. We do the Operation uh, Christmas Child boxes. They help us go out and get the gifts and all that to put in the boxes. And we actually have started sponsoring a little boy from Ecuador. And we've, I've talked about that a little bit here in the church. And, and we, we, we just sent a Christmas gift to him. And we try to make sure that we're not doing that on our own. But we include our girls in that because they're learning that it's important to give than it is to receive. Everybody still awake? Because, listen, I think it's important for us to take these messages as well. And I know this message is starting to, to come to play in our kids because at camp, I don't remember if it was this past year or the year before, Lacey, our, our oldest, she bought a toy for one of her friends who didn't have money. Now I was like, don't get too carried away because you don't have that much money because it comes from me and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, be giving, but you're giving my stuff, not yours, you know. But we're, we're teaching our kids that it's more important to give than it is to receive. I mean, think about Christmas, Jesus, or God giving Jesus, his son, to come to earth. It's more important for us to give 
than to receive. So we, we learn today and we're teaching our daughters that Jesus is the reason for the season. We need to be grateful for what we have and it's better to, re- to give than to receive. And the final lesson that we're teaching, and this is not just during Christmas time. This is a message we need to be communicating every day, 365 days a year, but so much so during, we need to love other people. We need to love other people. How many of you like to love other people? Do you like to love other people who are not easy to love? Do you like to love family members who are not easy to love? Do you like to love other church members who are not easy to love? There's no caveats. God says that we're supposed to love everybody. We need to love others. John 15, 12 says this. Jesus is talking. He says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. Every day of Jesus' life, and we don't have all the recordings of everything that happened in Jesus' life, but I assume because he, he was communicating love, I think every day of his life he tried with the, the disciples, and everybody he was around, he tried his absolute, and he did perfected love. It's important for us to strive to love other people. As I said, it's easy to love people when they're lovable. It's hard to love people when they're unlovable. It's hard to love people when they're cutting you off in traffic. And you don't want to give them the heart sign. You want to give them some other form. I'm saying the thumbs up is what I'm talking about. I don't know where your dirty minds went. It's hard to love other people when you're, when you're, being, uh, you're being treated poorly at, in the workplace. It's hard to love other people when the boss is favoring your coworkers over you. But it's important for us during this season to communicate that Jesus is love. And because Jesus loves us, we have to love other people. This is one of the biggest lessons that we could ever teach Lacey and Nora or any uh, kid during this time is to love others. You need to love others. We need to try to teach our kids that love is one of the most important things that we can do for people. Because if someone doesn't know you love they won't listen to anything that you, you talk about. You can't communicate the message of Jesus without loving people. You can't go out, and we're talking about breaking out of the walls of this church, and I think we've done a great job. But one of the things I really appreciate about this church is that when people come in the doors, people tell us all the time, this is a place where I feel loved. This is a place where I feel appreciated. And it's important for us during this Christmas season and every other season, but specifically now, to love other people. We love because Jesus loves. Jesus shows us how to love. And it's important for us every day of our lives to try to communicate that love to everyone we come in contact with. So the four lessons that we're teaching, and obviously we're teaching them so many more lessons, and I have about eight minutes left, so I'm good. I didn't keep you for the hour and a half. First lesson is we're teaching that Jesus is the reason for the season. It's all about Jesus. Lesson number two is we have to be grateful for what we have. It's important for us to be grateful for what we have. Lesson number three, it's better to give to receive than to receive. And lesson number four, to love other people. Yeah, I guarantee you that if you could focus on having those four things in your heart, you'll make this Christmas season better not only for yourself, 
but also for those around you. I guarantee you that if you communicate those lessons to your children or any student or any kid that you have contact, grandchild, nephew, niece, or whatever, if you communicate those to them now, you may think, well, they're young. They're getting it. I'm telling you, they're getting it. I have a nine and a six-year-old. They're understanding. They have the capability of understanding. And it's important for us to teach these four lessons to them. Because as I said at the beginning, if we don't teach them the message of Christmas and these four lessons and others, Somebody will, and then we're going to be left holding the bag when they're a teenager wanting nothing to do with the church. We'll be wondering, what happened? Well, it's important for you to invest now so that way when they are teenagers and they're facing the pressures, and we have teenagers in this church that I've been talking to their parents, they're facing the pressures of society. It's important that we're teaching them the foundations now so that way when they're, when they're facing those pressures that they're able to withstand the pressure and not give in to the pressure. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. There are too many people who are cowering in the face of the pressure of society. And it's because maybe, maybe, just maybe, the church didn't take an opportunity to invest when they should have invested. I love that we focus on generations here at the church. It's been the heartbeat of this church ever since we moved in this building, but even before we moved into this building. And I believe it being our heartbeat that generations matter. Generations matter to us because generations matter to God. Generations matter to us because generations matter to Jesus. And I believe because generations matter, and we keep that in the forefront of our mind, I believe that God is using this church to help reach this city. I believe that God is using this church to help reach this county and surrounding counties. And God is using this church as a beacon of hope around the world. We need to not forget these lessons and communicate these lessons to our kids. We hope you were blessed by today's message. Now we invite you to visit one of our services soon. For more information, please visit us at lakeeriechurch.com.